Hey, this is Dan, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast where I talk legal stuff with lawyers that I know, like, and trust. I hope you find the information really useful, and if you need legal help, that you reach out to one of these lawyers directly or drop by lawbydan.com, and I can steer you in the right direction. Here is your podcast. In recent times, there has been an exponential increase in the number of bicycles both on the road and pathways, and it follows that with the increase, there is also a rise in bicycle accidents. Now, when it comes to these types of accidents, where does the law stand in relation to compensation for injuries sustained? Well, to find out, I'm with multi-award winning lawyer and accredited personal injury law specialist, Courtney Polden. Courtney, when we consider bicycle accidents, what are we actually talking about? Well, you're dead set correct, Dan, when you say that there's more bikes on the road and pathways than ever. I mean, the bicycle's been around since about 1817, I think, but uh, certainly everywhere you look now, people are being encouraged to ride bikes for reasons of, uh, of global warming and, and, and the like. And with that, of course, accidents are almost inevitable. And one of the great problems for bicycle riders is when you have an accident almost always pretty bad because there's nothing to protect you from the roadway or, or whatever it is you might have struck. Um, the liability question depends you know, very much on the circumstances of the accident. Um, I had mentioned to you earlier that um, I'm dealing in a number of cases at the moment involving bicycle accidents and perhaps I could take you through just a couple of examples of the facts in each of those cases which uh, might give you and the listeners a bit of an idea about um, how it is that um, liability might be incurred. Yeah, that'd be great, Courtney. Uh, I, I mean, w- when we talk about bicycle accidents, you know, people may well be assuming that it's a bicycle and car, but that's not necessarily the case. It can be a bicycle and a bicycle or a bicycle and a pedestrian, etc. That That's the case, isn't it? Certainly is. Um, the bicycle and the car is perhaps the one that we're most familiar with. And those type of accidents where a car's liable, uh, so a car driver's liable for, for the accident, it's not much different to an accident between two cars. You know, the motor accident law applies to it. And that's pretty much something that most people will be familiar with. But it's, it's the other instances where there's bikes and accidents and compensation that, that people perhaps won't be as familiar with. Yeah, great. Let's, let's talk about some of these cases that you're uh, currently involved in. Well, two, two of the cases I'm involved uh, with have involved quadriplegia, which is you know, obviously at the very highest end of the scale. Um, one of them involves a gentleman who's a doctor, uh, I might say, uh, who is riding as part of his social group on a Sunday up through the central coast coming down a fairly steep roadway and uh, he was confronted by a whole patch of gravel across the road which skidded and he unfortunately went over the sidebar and fell down an embankment. Um, now normally a bit of gravel on the roadway is not something you could you could sue over because that's one of the one of the things you would expect to find but after our investigations we found out that the local council had been doing roadworks at that very section of the road within a week prior to his accident and had failed to properly clear the roadway of, uh, of all the excess gravel after they completed some of the repairs. So that opened the door for us to advise uh, the client that he had good prospects of succeeding in what's obviously a very major claim given the nature of his circumstances. Uh, not all potholes and uh, gravel and the like will lead to compensation, but where you can prove that there was some failure of people doing roadworks or people who have left something on the surface of the road that they shouldn't, then that door is open, as I've said, for compensation. Um, Another very serious matter I'm acting for, for again, sadly, a client of mine who's a paraplegic was riding along a 
footpath in Belrose at about 8 o'clock in the morning, just minding his own business. He's a gentleman in his 60s who was going at a very modest pace. And as he passed um, the uh, entrance to a club, a teenager, no doubt rushing to school, came, uh, exited through the entrance, collided with him and caused him to fall to ground and, and suffer very real and serious injuries. Now, um, normally you'd think, well, how can you claim compensation against uh, a teenage boy who clearly wouldn't have any assets, but we managed to establish that he was covered for that negligent act of his under his uh, family's home contents policy, which often um, does give you coverage for accidents outside the home. And so we've been able to mount a very substantial claim on behalf of our client, which is in fact coming up for hearing in the Supreme Court next month. Um, just one more example. Um, dogs and bikes are not friends. Um, I've got a case for a lady who was riding out with her husband and children uh, along a suburban street in one of the southern suburbs of Sydney when a dog came bursting out of uh, a property, ran straight into her and in taking evasive action she fell and suffered some pretty serious fractures. Now, again, the policy, the dog, the dog owner lived in the premises. You've got a responsibility to keep your pets inside um, and not to have them rushing out to uh, create a danger to bike riders. So again, there was an insurance policy in place which, uh, which has allowed my client to bring what's a very, very substantial claim. So they're just a few examples, Dan. You know, there's plenty of other circumstances where you could envisage a bike rider coming to grief. Um, some of them are perhaps not compensable. I would have thought if there is a, a bike race, as there often are with a lot of bicycle clubs, you would be accepting the risks of what we would call normal racing incidents. Um, same, I guess, when you see these pelotons racing along the road at 6am, um, if someone came a cropper in that activity, you know, uh, unless there was some deliberate act, I wouldn't have thought that you'd be able to claim compensation there. But there's certainly a wide range of act, uh, bicycle activities where... where uh, compensation would be available if there were, were serious injuries. Courtney, I was going to say, you know, given the examples that you've just discussed, it would almost be the case, uh, I would suspect, that uh, the far majority of people who may be involved in a similar accident wouldn't likely think that there's compensation available for them because they would uh, assume, you know, given the example of the, you know, the gravel on the road that, oh, well, look, you know, um, there's nobody that I can sue in relation to that. And, and, and similarly, the, the young guy, you know, racing off to school or wherever he was going, you just cop it on the chin. Is is that the, you know, the real, I suppose, uh, message for people listening to this podcast is to seek legal advice uh, regardless of how trivial you think the accident may well have been. I think that's exactly the point, Dan. Um, I think a lot of people would see their misfortune as being something that's a uh, uh, just just that misfortune. But you know, our job's to investigate and advise. And um, in relation to, for example, those two uh, quadriplegic cases, I mean, they're collectively worth when are well over tens of millions of dollars. So, you know, um, the difference between not asking. And asking can be major, particularly when you look at the lifetime needs of someone with that serious a disability in terms of accommodation, in terms of care and transportation, um, provisions of medication, medical consults. I mean, if you look at the life that they'd be confronting, if they've got a compensation fund to assist them, then, <clears throat> pardon me, they should firstly go and see a lawyer just to find out. It, uh, we, we see people... <clears throat> 
excuse me, on a no-win, no-fee basis. Uh, we will give advice uh, without a fee. That advice might be, I'm sorry you don't have a claim, but uh, you wouldn't want to sit back wondering where there, where there might be uh, entitlements available to you that you just may not know about. Courtney, we should also mention time limits in relation to these types of matters. Yes, they are governed by the Civil Liability Act, except where a car is involved, in which case it uh, flows along, Dan, in the same way that um, any other car accident claim would be. But three years is the uh, general period within which a claim needs to be commenced. Uh, there's a bit of grey area as to when that three-year period starts, but for the most part, you wouldn't take that chance. You'd consult a lawyer as uh, as early as possible. It's also important to consult as quickly because a lot of the evidence um, disappears as time um, goes by. A good example of that is the gravel on the on the roadway case. We were able to get uh, up to the accident scene and have a traffic reconstruction and investigation expert with us. We were able to locate where there had been signs on a a telegraph pole that said uh, roadworks cycle hazard. Uh, that was really what put us on notice that there was uh, um, that there was a presence of uh, a presence of um, council workmen on the site at or about that time. The next step we took then was to uh, issue a, a uh, an application under the freedom of information type legislation to the council to produce all its records in relation to roadworks. And what emerged from that was a whole lot of documents showing exactly when and where uh, the work was being done, how much gravel was delivered, who was there. All that information is available to us. So uh, the advice is come and see us early so that uh, we can investigate the facts. You know, even locating a witness um, becomes more and more difficult as time goes by. So I think it is important to act quickly. Courtney, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Dan. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find me on all social channels, including Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube with the handle Law by Dan, or simply drop by lawbydan.com. Thanks.